0: This week is part two of a three-week homily series we're doing on the Mass. We're reading from the Bread of Life discourse in the Gospel of John, so it's an opportune time to reflect on this core part of our Catholic faith, the Eucharist and the, the Holy Mass. So this weekend, uh, last week, we talked about a uh, fundamental question. Why go to Mass? Why did God give us Third Commandment, keep holy His, the Lord's Day? And this week we're going to look at the introductory rite and the liturgy of the Word and Part three next week is going to be the Liturgy, the Eucharist, and the Concluding Rite. So before I get into uh, some of the parts of the Mass, I just wanted to uh, touch briefly on a couple general principles that I think are very, very important. One is a, the importance of an atmosphere of welcoming for, for a parish when we gather for, for Mass. And uh, we all know that it's, it's a tough world out there. It can be a cold world. And of all places where we should experience the love of Christ and hospitality, it should be when we gather for for Mass. That's one of the reasons why I think it's very important for the priests and the deacons to be present before Mass and after Mass, welcoming people. We have a a ministry of of greeters, lay people who are participating in that, but it's also really for all of us to have that spirit of welcome. Someone could be here for the first time and what would they? experience? Would it be kind of a cold, aloof atmosphere or would it be be welcoming, you sense the presence of Christ? And uh, at some of our larger masses, even in the pews, it's important to exercise hospitality because I know sometimes people do need to sit on the ends of pews even if they come early because it's difficult for them to get in toward toward the center. Uh, But if, if if that's the case, it's very important to make it easy for people to to get around you and to be and it's also okay to smile when we're at when we're at mass you know so so a welcoming atmosphere participation and we all have our roles to play certainly the priest the deacon the liturgical ministers and all of you and for for the people you know your responses and your singing the prayers And you've probably been at a mass where, gosh, it seems kind of dead. It's like, is anyone, you know? And again, the Lord is at the heart of our our gathering and he's always there. But I think he counts on us to, through our participation, to express our praise and worship of him. So our our response to the prayers, even the singing. And I I want you to know though, on on this one, that uh, if, if you don't sing, it's not like I'm up here judging you or evaluating. And my dad, when I was growing up, I never saw my dad sing a note, but he was a very faith-filled man. His his prayers were expressed a little bit more on the the inside. But I think that the best of our ability in a church calls us to this full act of conscious participation and to express our praise of God through our, our participation. And so we want to do that with spirit and with heart. And isn't there more energy in life when there's when there's singing, when there's a responsiveness that's coming from the heart, so I just want to encourage us in in, in that direction. So, how about the uh, the introductory rite of rite of the mass? So we we obviously come into the to the opening song, and you notice that the priest and the deacon, the servers, we genuflect up front, and the genuflection. When you look, not going to get into a deep history on this, but the in the early centuries, the church sometimes Christianized very secular gestures. And so it was very common for people to genuflect to nobility, to kings, to queens. And the church sought, who is better worthy of a genuflection than Christ the King? And that's why we, we genuflect toward the tabernacle, the crucifix, just as an act of reverence and respect for God. And when you come into the pews, it's, it's good to genuflect. And some people, if they're not able to, just to do a bow and, and, and reverence to God. So then we make our way up, we, uh, we reverence the altar with a, with a kiss, the altar's a symbol of Christ, it's where the sacrifice of the mass takes place. We make our way over to the chair, and then we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. We believe in God who is Trinity. And as Catholics, with any of the sacraments, any of our prayers, we, we, we ensure at home, how often we make the sign of the cross, and I think it's, uh, it really expresses our, in our, our belief of who God is, and the power of Jesus's cross, and then the uh, the priest will do a greeting: "The Lord be with you." That was pretty weak, folks. Let's try that again: "The Lord be with you." Great. So we uh, and there's a number of places where we have that 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 back and forth and that response, and then we just take a moment to center ourselves in the forgiveness of God. During the course of the week, we all probably walk in, and there were times where. We failed, and we weren't at our best. Our humanity got the best of us, and we, 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 we sinned. And we, we need God's forgiveness. Most times it's small matter type things, but even as it's a small matter type things, it's still important to open our hearts to for God's forgiveness. And so we, we oftentimes do the confitier, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. And, you know, we've reincorporated a gesture that, that got lost for a while. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. That comes from the Gospel of Luke. There's scripture throughout the Mass. Sometimes Catholics are accused of not, of kind of veering away from scriptures, but the Mass is full of scripture. And we open our hearts to to the Lord's forgiveness. And then we sing a great hymn of praise. We sing the Gloria. And then we have the opening prayer. So this is called the uh, the introductory rite. And the purpose of this part of the Mass is is really to help us to slow down, to focus, and to prepare for the first two main main parts of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Eucharist and the the Liturgy of the the Word. And when we walk in, sometimes we're very preoccupied, there's a lot going on in our minds and our lives, and sometimes there's been a little bit rough coming into the parking lot, and so we just take this time to really slow down, to hear God's Word. So this is the first major part of the Mass, And it takes place up here at the the ambo or the pulpit. And we always begin with the, usually from from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew scriptures. The second reading is the psalm. There's 150 psalms in the Old Testament. And they're beautiful prayers. And they're oftentimes put to song, which is why we normally sing the psalm. And they really speak of the whole range of human emotion, experience in connection with our relationship with, with God. The second reading is normally from one of St. Paul's letters and St. Paul is reflecting on who Jesus is in and, and relationship to the church and our lives and very profound reflections from usually from, from, from Paul. And then you notice that we uh, for the gospel we stand, we might wonder why don't we stand for the other readings if they're the Word of God, God's communication to us And the reason why we stand for the Gospels is because we give extra reverence to the words of Christ. And so the Alleluia sung and the deacon or priest processes with the book of the Gospels. And again, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. And then we do this. And you're probably aware this, just a little, little gesture. May God's word be on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart and then we conclude conclude with the Gospel of the Lord, and you notice that the deacon or priest reverences the book of the Gospels with a kiss, as he did with the altar. Again, reverence toward Christ. And then we have have the homily, and as someone who's been giving homilies for many, many years, it can be quite a challenge because of the diversity of who's gathered. We have very young children to the elderly, different ethnicities and cultures, and to be able to uh, proclaim a message that can really connect with that diversity can be been quite a challenge. So I put a lot of time into that because I don't want to waste anyone's time. And I think it's so important and when I think of the, uh, the, the, the purpose of a homily it's to connect, the God, especially the gospel, the scriptures, to your lives, to bring some illumination and connection and an impact and also to give hope, inspiration, and encouragement to live to live the gospel out there. Because it's a challenge to live the gospel in our world. And the homily is meant to give that challenge, that inspiration, that encouragement, and that hope to do that. I know I don't bet a thousand, and I've learned that my, my task is to do the best I can with preparation and turn it over to the Holy Spirit. Because it's really the Holy Spirit that that touches hearts, but it's a very, very important part of, of, of the liturgy, and uh, it, it's meant to be succinct, and you usually have an intuitive sense in that. And I heard a, one, a guy was telling me one time, he goes, you know, Father, it's, because uh, he's listening to, this guy was telling, he listened to a lot of homilies over the years, and he, he says, you know, there's a time to bring it in for a landing, and I, I you know, and I've He says, I noticed some priests, they're bringing it in for a landing and all of a sudden they take off again. You gotta know when to bring it in for a landing. And uh, even though ultimately it's not a landing, it's meant to be kind of taken, taken forth and and, and shared and lived. Last uh, two things. After the homily, we pray the creed together. And the creed is a very ancient profession of faith. Goes back to the year 325. So it's been part of our tradition for a long time, and the creed expresses the core of what we believe as Catholics. And as Americans, we say the Pledge of Allegiance, and it's, we have these kind of like a national creeds. Well, this is like a Catholic, it's our Catholic creed. And uh, what we believe about God, and it's very doctrinal, but I think very, very important, because we have to keep our identity of who we are as Christians. And then lastly, we have what what are called the intercessory prayers or the petitions. So we pray for the needs of the church. We pray for the needs of our world. We pray for the sick, for families. We pray for all kinds of different intentions. We pray for those who have died. And we also just take a brief period in there to lift up our own prayers in silence. And I think the importance of the petitions, it kind of gets us out of just ourselves and praying for the needs of others and, and, and for our world and for, for our church. So this is the first, uh, that concludes like the first half of the Mass. And that first main part is the Liturgy of the Word. Next week we're going to look at the, uh, the third part of our series, which is the Liturgy of the Eucharist and the Including Rite. But just to close today, Jesus describes himself as the bread of life, given to us for our lives so that we can flourish. And so as Catholics, we're very, very privileged, I think, to be able to receive the Eucharist and also God's word. So as we receive communion today, let's ask the Lord to continue to nourish our souls to help us to become more like him so that out there in the world, we can be the presence of the Lord and truly have an impact for him as his disciples. God bless you.